MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Today, Trump lawyers have sent a letter to Merrick Garland asking for a meeting. DeSantis and Musk go down in flames on Twitter. The House ethics investigation into Rep. Swalwell ends with no wrongdoing found. Chief Justice John Roberts says the Supreme Court can police itself. The January 6th rioter who put his feet up on Pelosi's desk gets almost five years in prison. And the man who crashed into a barrier near the White House is being held without bail. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And uh, today's show goes out to Tina Turner. She taught me and countless others, probably, that women can stand on their own and how to get out of an abusive relationship. So, um, and I mean, her inimitable voice and presence, she's just a legend. So thank you, Tina Turner, for everything. Uh, Dana is out today. She'll be back tomorrow. And Elon's Twitter space, remember yesterday I told you that it probably wasn't really news, but that DeSantis was going to announce his candidacy uh, in a Twitter space? Well, it crashed horribly. It was embarrassing, like monumentally embarrassing and really just symbolic of Ron DeSantis' entire campaign. Immediately, President Biden, dark Brandon, threw some shade, tweeting out a link to donate to his campaign, saying this link works. <laughs> so it was just absolutely a mess. And uh, I, I, I think it was taken down and then put back up and there was recording and then there was some weird space keyboard music. It was just an utter, utter embarrassment, though. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. As a matter of fact, I think there were uh, it crashed when it reached about half a million people. But, you know, subsequent folks have tweeted out stuff like, hey, BuzzFeed exploding a watermelon had 800,000 viewers. So this is just an epic fail. Again, like I said, just totally emblematic of Ron DeSantis's candidacy. Uh, when they did finally start talking, it was really gross. They're complaining that, you know, basically Trump is bad, but he wasn't bad enough. So... I really honestly don't think that, uh, you know, with his negative charisma that we talked about earlier in the week, that he's going to go very far. But who today's announcement was just a shit show. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. But uh, before we hit the hot notes, I just want to thank my friend Harry Dunn, who gave a victim statement today in the pre-sentencing hearing for Stuart Rhodes and uh, other Oath Keepers. Stuart Rhodes is expected to be sentenced tomorrow, which is today, as you're listening to this, on Thursday. He's been charged with seditious conspiracy, and the Department of Justice is seeking 25 years. So we'll see how that turns out. It's Judge Amit Mehta. He's a very fair judge, but he does tend to come in under the sentencing guideline recommendations. We'll see what happens. All right, everybody, we have a lot of news. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from the Times, lawyers for the former president sent a letter on Tuesday night requesting a meeting with Attorney General Merrick Garland related to the special counsel investigations into Trump's conduct. 
The letter cited no specifics, but asserted that Trump was being treated unfairly by the Justice Department through the investigations led by special counsel Jack Smith. Jack Smith is scrutinizing Trump's handling of classified material, January 6th, potential wire fraud with defunding donors for the whole big lie fundraising scheme. And uh, now we know letters have been sent to, to get subpoena. Well, subpoenas have been sent to get information on his real estate transactions in seven foreign countries. Let's see if I can remember them off the top of my head. Oman, Turkey, France, Kuwait, United Arab Emirates, China, and Saudi Arabia. And that was part of a subpoena that went out for information about the live golf tournament that the Saudis funded. So all kinds of investigations. Trump says he's being treated unfairly, or at least his lawyers say that in this letter. There are indications that Smith is approaching the final stage of the investigation where he could start making decisions about whether to seek indictments of Trump and others, in the documents case at least. The status of his other line of inquiry into Trump's effort to reverse his election loss, uh, that is less clear. But it seems like that one's been winding down, too. There's only three people left of the Ocha Nostra, the eight people who were forced to testify over executive privilege by Chief Judge Beryl Howell and Judge Boasberg. And uh, those three people are O'Brien and Johnny McEntee and, of course, Mark Meadows. And CNN put out a piece today on Mark Meadows. He's been radio silent, although he has been meeting with Republicans. He still wants to be relevant. He is helping McCarthy with his manufactured debt ceiling crisis and is uh, advising Republicans in the House on the weaponization committee. But his lawyer, Terwilliger, who's probably the best lawyer of anybody that anyone has in Trumpville, in the, uh, beyond Blunderdome, that, uh, that lawyer, he's a good lawyer. So we'll see. if Now, if I personally am Terwilliger, I am demanding immunity. I'm demanding immunity in both the D.C. Department of Justice investigation and the Fonnie Willis investigation. That's what I would be looking for, some immunity to make a deal. Uh, we don't know if he's cooperating, but if he's not, you know, Garland has all the goods on him. Maybe he's a target. And here's the interesting thing. We, we know Fonnie Willis isn't going to announce her charging decisions until the first couple of weeks of August, but that could give us a hint as to whether or not Meadows is cooperating with her and or the feds, because if she indicts him, it seems like he's probably not cooperating with either. But if she doesn't, maybe he is. I don't know that she'll go first in January 6th indictments or if the DOJ will indict for January 6th before she announces her charging decisions. But we'll see. Now, back to this story, quote, unlike President Biden, his son Hunter and the Biden family, President Trump is being treated unfairly. That's what's in the letter. That's from Trusty and Rowley, the only two lawyers left who aren't fact witnesses or haven't had to leave the case because, <laughs> you know, they're actually potential maybe targets. So it's just Trusty and Rowley now. They requested a meeting to discuss the ongoing injustice by Mr. Smith's team. The letter was reported earlier by ABC News. A spokesman for Smith declined to comment. The letter's tone is different from the approach taken by Trump shortly after the FBI executed the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago in August, and they recovered documents that Trump failed to turn over pursuant to a subpoena. Now, at the time, Trump, through an intermediary, sent a message to the Justice Department that the search inflamed the country and asked how he could help lower the temperature. That, to me, sounded like a little more of a threat, but... You know, I don't know. New York Times is characterizing it a little differently. Under Justice Department regulations, Garland would play only a limited role in whether Smith decides to bring charges. An attorney general can overrule a special counsel in very specific circumstances, like if Garland were to determine 
that Jack Smith's actions would be so inappropriate or unwarranted under established departmental practices that should not be pursued. Garland must also disclose that, you know, any decisions to override Smith to Congress and explain the intervention. That's part of the special counsel regulations. In other words, Smith would not simply be making a recommendation that Garland has broad discretion to reject unless seeking an indictment would violate Justice Department rules or norms. Any decision about whether to proceed is Mr. Smith's to make. And I agree with that disposition here in in the Times. Smith's team is still hearing from witnesses in both cases, according to multiple people familiar. All those signs point to the documents investigation nearing its endpoint. Some of Trump's advisors have privately predicted that he will be indicted. And they're trying to fundraise off of it. They're trying to game out how to fundraise off of it. And they've grown angry at the number of people who have been subpoenaed from low-level workers and maids and staff at Mar-a-Lago to former uh, government officials. It's highly unlikely that Garland would agree to meet with Trump's lawyers. And that's uh, according to one of his former aides. This former aide said Merrick Garland will not meet with trustee or any other Trump lawyers. This is Anthony Coley, by the way, Garland's former spokesman. Quote, Jack Smith is running this investigation, not Merrick Garland. And I'm going to talk about this letter with Andy McCabe on the next episode of the Jack podcast, though we did talk about this kind of letter on the current episode. If you've listened to it, you'd know, you'll know that Andy himself had lawyers reach out for a similar meeting when Barr was attorney general and Barr's DOJ was trying and failing to indict him. So Andy has a lot of insight into this kind of thing. So please listen to the Jack podcast and you can catch my new videos. I break all this down on TikTok and now Instagram, both at Muller She Wrote. Follow me there, please. I'm trying to sort of wean myself, titrate down off Twitter. Also from NBC News, the Arkansas man who was photographed on January 6th with his feet on Pelosi's desk was sentenced Wednesday to four and a half years in prison. Federal prosecutors asked the judge to sentence Richard Bigo Barnett to more than seven years for his actions before, during, and after the riot, the Capitol. The probation office came back with a 54-month recommendation. DOJ wanted seven years, and he got 54 months. He got what the probation office recommended. They noted in a court filing that a picture of a smiling Barnett laughing in Pelosi's office became one of the best-known images of that day, symbolizing the rioters having wrestled control of both the hollowed space and the political process from the nation's elected leaders. Barnett's lawyers argued he shouldn't get more than six months. Quote, Barnett is a 63-year-old retired firefighter and bull rider from rural Arkansas who came to D.C. for his very first time to peacefully protest and was unfortunately caught up in the events that turned an ordinary Wednesday into what will forever be known as January 6th. That's what his lawyer said. District Court Judge Christopher Cooper disagreed and gave him 54 months. Barnett was convicted in January on eight charges stemming from the Capitol attack, including theft of government property, entering and remaining in a restricted building on grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. In addition to the stun device, Barrett armed himself with a 10-pound steel pole, prosecutors said. Barnett became widely known as a symbol of the riot when he was photographed reclining in the chair, and he had a stun device tucked in his pants. Before he left Pelosi's office, he took an envelope that he later displayed for cameras outside the Capitol. He also acknowledged leaving what he later called a nasty note for Speaker Pelosi. It read, Nancy Bigo was here and ended with a sexist expletive to refer to Pelosi. Barnett expressed remorse for his actions when he took the witness stand in his own defense. I shouldn't have put my feet on the desk. That's his expression of remorse. At the time, I thought it was funny. But after reflection, it seems crass. After he was convicted, however, he maintained he was the victim. He was a victim of political persecution and said the jury that convicted him was not a jury of his peers. 
Prosecutors pushed back on Barnett's claims that he'd been unintentionally swept up by the crowd during the riot and said in court filings that the evidence was clear Barnett had come to D.C. that day looking for a fight. Quote, Barnett was aware of the significance of January 6th. He believed the United States was taken over by communists, especially if Biden became president and was prepared to, quote, do whatever it takes, including occupying the Capitol to prevent that from happening. He prepared for that violence by arming himself with a stun device and a 10-pound steel pole, both capable of inflicting serious bodily injury. And then he traveled to D.C. with those weapons. The filing continued, noting that he only left the Capitol after he was hit by chemical spray and then bragged about it to reporters. After his arrest, quote, Barnett sought to profit from his notoriety, including by selling autographed photos of himself in Pelosi's office. They added he's continued tweeting disinformation and conspiracy theories about January 6th since his conviction. They said those statements show he is without remorse and would readily engage in similar conduct in the future. Almost five years, buddy. And from Robert Barnes at The Post, Chief Justice John Roberts said Tuesday he was confident the Supreme Court can convince the public that it adheres to the highest standards of conduct. No. Accepting an award at the American Law Institute, Roberts did not directly comment on the current controversies that have surrounded the court's members and their financial disclosures or the mounting congressional pressure for a specific code of conduct for the Supreme Court. But he said the disturbances outside the court have not affected the nine justices. Inside the court, there's cause for optimism. Then he added, I want to assure people I'm committed to making certain that we as a court adhere to the high, <laughs> highest standards of conduct. Who? We are continuing to look at the things we can do to give practical effect to that commitment, and I'm confident that there are ways to do that consistent with our status as an independent branch of government and the Constitution's separation of powers. While he, it's like he thinks that because there's separation of powers that there's no checks and balances. That's just not correct. While Roberts and his colleagues have said they voluntarily abide by many of the guidelines for lower court justices, <laughs> laughable. Senate Democrats have criticized the court for not enacting a code of conduct specific to their court. Roberts recently turned down an invitation to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee, saying it would not be appropriate. Mm. The committee itself appears torn about whether Congress can mandate an ethics code. Uh, Roberts' remarks seem intended to convey to lawmakers that the justices are working on it, but don't want or need an intervention from political branches. You know what? Wyden, Durbin, it's time to subpoena them. Feinstein's back. Subpoena these mofos. And for Mariana Alfaro at the Washington Post, the House Ethics Committee closed its investigation into allegations that Rep. Eric Swalwell has ties to a Chinese intelligence operative. In a letter sent to Swalls on Monday, the congressman released on his website, the committee wrote that it will take no further action in an investigation into allegations raised in a complaint that you may have violated House rules, laws, or other standards of conduct in connection with your interactions with Ms. Christine Fang. That's what the letter said. And this is an investigation that began in April of 2021. Quote, the committee has previously reviewed allegations of improper influence by foreign agents and in doing so, cautioned that members should be conscious of the possibility that foreign governments may attempt to secure improper influence through gifts and other interactions. That's what the committee wrote to Swalwell, as we know, former presidential hopeful who served in the House since 2013. Quote, we encourage you to contact the Office of House Security for any guidance on steps you can take, et cetera, et cetera. In December 2020, Axios reported that Fang, a suspected Chinese spy, had been trying to get close to Swalwell, or at least to California politicians whom the Chinese government deemed up and coming. One of those politicians was Swalwell, who was photographed with the woman and other California politicians and former members of Congress at various political functions. 
Axios also reported that Fang had participated in fundraising events for Swalwell's 2014 congressional campaign and that she suggested his office hire an intern, which it did. Per Axios, U.S. officials don't think Fang got classified information as she cozied up to politicians, including Swalwell, and he was not accused of any wrongdoing. After U.S. intelligence officials briefed him in 2015 on their concerns, he cut ties with her. Swalwell said in a statement to Axios that he provided all the information to the FBI about her, he hasn't interacted with her in six years, and Fang has since left the country. While Swalwell has maintained that he was not accused of wrongdoing, Republicans weaponized the allegation against him. Most recently in January, when Kevin McCarthy cited the alleged link to Fang when blocking Swalwell from serving on the House Intelligence Committee. Swalwell, who served as an impeachment manager in Trump's second impeachment, noted that despite the FBI repeatedly clearing him of wrongdoing, an unnamed House Republican still filed a complaint against him, a move he described as an attempt to level false smears to silence him. Quote, it's time to move on, he says. The Bipartisan House Ethics Committee has had this case for over two years. They had the power of subpoena. They received answers for me in response to requests for info. Today, they're closing this matter and did not make any finding of wrongdoing. And from CNN, the man accused of crashing a U-Haul truck into a security barrier near the White House Monday night praised Adolf Hitler to investigators after his arrest and said he aimed to kill the president if necessary to overthrow the government and install himself in power. His name is uh, Kandula. He's 19. He's from Chesterfield, Missouri. He's in custody. He's been charged in federal court with one count of depredation of property of the United States in excess of $1,000. U.S. Park Police originally arrested him on several charges, including threatening to kill or harm a president, vice president, or family member. It's possible that prosecutors add additional charges as the case progresses. Candula in handcuffs and wearing a T-shirt and shorts appeared in D.C. Superior Court Tuesday afternoon. That's uh, according to U.S. Park Police and was held in custody without bail. He has not yet entered a formal plea in federal court where his case is expected to continue with an initial appearance on the single charge Wednesday. And a lawyer for him in the case has not yet been named publicly. The Secret Service said no agency or White House personnel were harmed. The truck, which carried a Nazi flag, among other items, crashed into security barriers on the north side of Lafayette Square at 16th Street, right across, right there where the St. John's Episcopal is, and Black Lives Matter Plaza. A preliminary investigation revealed the driver may have intentionally struck the barrier. Kendula made threatening comments regarding the White House at the scene, including that he wanted to kidnap and harm Joe Biden, and that's according to law enforcement. Authorities are considering the role mental health may have played in this incident, according to one source. In court documents unsealed Tuesday, investigators said that U.S. Park police officers saw him drive up on the sidewalk and into the metal barrier, sending several pedestrians running. After the crash, he allegedly removed the flag from a black backpack he was carrying. In an interview after the arrest, investigators asked him about the Nazi flag, and the 19-year-old said he bought the flag because Nazis have a great history, adding he admires their authoritarian nature, eugenics, and their one-world order. That's according to court documents. Investigators wrote, when asked if he looked up to any leaders, he answered Hitler because he was a strong leader. Kandula told officers he had been planning the attack for six months and had flown to Washington from St. Louis earlier that evening. Prosecutors said Kandula also told officers he aimed to, quote, get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation. And he was prepared to kill the president if that's what I have to do, and I would hurt anyone that would stand in my way, unquote. All right. And one last thing before the break, I thought you might like to listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene getting laughed at in Congress today. (laughs) 
The members are reminded to abide by decorum of the House. Hey, everybody. As you know, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was looking for better gut health, some immune system support, and I take AG1 first thing in the morning before I even get dressed. One delicious scoop and a cup of water. Easy habit to pick up, and it replaces my cabinet full of very expensive supplements. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. I've taken my share of supplements, and AG1 is the best thing out there by a mile. The ingredients are top shelf. It tastes delicious. I've been hooked since day one, and guess what? Almost immediately, I began noticing improvements. My digestion is better now. My hair and skin feel healthier. Even my sleep has improved. AG1 is really on another level. The cornerstone of my health plan is AG1 by Athletic Greens. It's just one scoop in of powder. So if you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. That's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, uh, if you want to give a shout out to a loved one, an adoptable pet in your area, if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you want to send me a frog orgy, you want to send some baby pictures for Dana, you want to uh, shout out a local business or your business. I know I have a lot of creators and makers that listen to this show. Anything you want to send us at all, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, first up from Mike. I'm not proud of this but I know the proper pronunciation of Tim Parlator because a close family member was briefly a part of his firm. You won't see that on their LinkedIn, by the way. It's Parlatore. The fourth symbol rhymes with day. Parlatore. Thanks. Love the show. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Maybe I'll just call him Tim. All right, from Lola Gale. Lola, pronouns she and her. Hello, beautiful ladies of the legume. I just wanted to hiccup Give you a slight correction on Dade Phelan in Texas. His name is pronounced Hiccup Phelan. I shit you not. Anywho, love, love, love to you all. You are the cream in my coffee and the schmear on my bagel. For pod pet tax, I present to you Gray Skull staring off into space, probably thinking about slow justice or maybe treats. I wanted Gray Skull from the minute he was born and you wouldn't give him to me, Lola Kale. This beautiful baby, though. Oh, so much love. Um, and send love to all the babies, by the way. Next up, anonymous, pronouns she and her. The 505 is up to good trouble. Uh, from Whiskey Tango Foxtrot America on Twitter. Well, this is outstanding. There's an outstanding couple in Albuquerque has been at it again. And you could see an overpass over a freeway in Albuquerque that says MAGA debt bill cheats vets. 
Yes, good trouble in the 505. Thank you, Anonymous. Next up from Kristen P, pronoun she and her. Hello, Beans Queens and fans of cats named Bruce. <laughs> I live in rural Tennessee outside of Nashville and a volunteer at a small shelter nearby. Cheatham County Animal Control, or CCAC, and its volunteer program helped heal my heart after my brother was killed by gun violence three years ago. Each year, I've become more involved with this underfunded and resourced, under-resourced shelter. Last year, I fostered 63 kittens, but really, yikes. I have such love in my heart for everyone there. I write to you about Bruce Lee, a giant, read, giant orange love bug. He might look like a fighter, but Bruce is all love. He is a staff and volunteer favorite who vocally expresses his wishes to be picked up and cuddled. Unfortunately, Bruce has been passed up for adoption time and again because he is uh, FIV positive. While FIV positive cats can live long and happy lives, many adopters, especially with other cats, get nervous. Bruce would be a great single cat, a companion cat in a home with other FIV plus animals or as a brother to non-FIV plus cats that don't engage in rough play. Honestly, I can't imagine anyone who wouldn't love him and his snuggles. Please consider spreading the word about Mr. Bruce so he can have a happy life, the one he deserves. Visit at Cheatham, C-H-E-A-T-H-A-M, County Animal, at Cheatham County Animal on Instagram for more info about Bruce Lee. I love him. Uh, Look at that lion cut tail. What a sweet baby. He definitely has a man cat face and he's a lover and a cuddler. So if you're in Cheatham County or near Nashville, please check out Cheatham County Animal on Instagram for info on how to adopt Bruce Lee. Thank you, Kristen. And thank you so much for your story. Next up from Malik. Hi, Allison and Dana. I'd like to first say the Daily Beans is like a shot of dopamine straight to the brain. You two break down a week's worth of doom scrolling in short, concise 27-minute takes, then wrap it with a laughter bow tie. Totally love taking that time in the morning to put on my headphones and block out the rest of the BS circulating in this insane world. Thank you so much, Malik. I wanted to share a favorite quote. There's nothing more obnoxious than a stupid person with confidence. For Donald, here's a slightly altered line from the movie Snatch. Do you know what the word nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by a horrible cunt called democracy. For reference, we'll put a YouTube link in the notes. Please enjoy a picture of my two Shih Tzus, Cookie, black and white, and Rafik, blonde and white. Cookie is knocked up, and Rafik is her baby daddy, the BD. Wish me luck with the new litter soon. My baby girl might be pregnant. Oh, here's her baby daddy. Look at them, they're so cute. (laughs) Oh, these puppies are going to be adorable. The side eye on the lady is fantastic. All right, next up from Adrian, pronoun she and her. Hello, friends. I want to make sure you saw the amazing news from my home, Minnesota. They had a very productive and legislative session, including statewide paid family and medical leave, free school lunches for all students, protections for Uber and Lyft drivers, codified the right for abortion care, and more. Check out at W-H-S-T-A-N-C-I-L on Twitter for a comprehensive list. I'm so, so proud of what our blue state has done. I feel like I cast a vote and something got accomplished. For pod tax, my 12-year-old and I foster kittens through Twin Cities Pet Rescue. I thought you'd like to see a picture. Our newest guy is Louis or Louie, and he's a character. Thanks for such fun, informative news each day. I love all the details you include. Also, shout out to the Saturday morning cartoon clip. If you know, you know. After these messages, (laughs) look at the baby kitty. 
Oh, little foster baby. Twin Cities Pet Rescue, everybody. And thank you. Thank you for that. And that's such good news, Adrian. Appreciate it. Next up from Anon, the light brighter. <laughs> oh, last Wednesday morning, I was packing up my bits and bobs to take to officer in a gentleman's house for hump day. I was rather chuffed to hear AG read my confession in almost the same exact voice as my internal monologue. All y'all fuckers can have a Morgan Freeman or Sam Jackson. I'll take AG for my narrator. Oh, that's very touching. Then what listeners popped in with. Light brighting and pegamaga are brill, and the website is chef's kiss. Might I suggest, when it isn't cis-hetero action, we might call it rainbow brighting. I guess we're kind of a tag-teaming rainbow brighting and light brighting our third, my husband and I. Additionally, if one G-R-O-P-E-R has an issue with premature ejaculation, this clip of Vice President Harris repeatedly stating do not come can be used. I hope all of the Leguminati have a fabulous week. My mom was able to get away from the hellscape of Tennessee to visit us. We went to Detroit on the Susquehanna, i.e. Harrisburg, to see our oldest play in the Youth Symphony, and the Hubs made a bougie version of the Waffle House bacon and egg and cheese sandwich for dinner. Unfortunately, no happy Monday or hump day this week as Officer and a Gentleman has meetings in D.C. all week, but next week, it is on. Someone ordered himself a Bluetooth cock cage and things are going to get interesting. (laughs) Oh, these submissions. Rainbow brighting, light brighting, and now the cage. But the the photo is of a sandwich, so I appreciate that as well. Thank you for that. Uh, Anyway, appreciate all of your submissions. Uh, Like I said, Dana will be back tomorrow. Please, 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 if you're on TikTok, follow me on TikTok. If you're not, follow me on Instagram. Muller, she wrote. I'm putting videos up now. They're real short videos, just real quick explainers of like what I think are top stories of the day. It would help me out a bunch if you would just go follow uh, TikTok, Instagram, Muller, she wrote, and then of course, Twitter. You know, I'm over there all the time. So anyway, thanks very much. And uh, I appreciate all of your submissions. If you have anything you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana will be back tomorrow. I miss her already. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. 
an Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.